0: Hello, listener. (laughs) This is The Movie Show. On your favorite Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm ORSPS. I'm Sash. My name is Ryan.
1: And we're talking about the best movie of 2022. Really? Honestly, honestly, it goes up there.
0: Wait, I'm thinking about what you're saying.
1: Think about it, Ryan. Think about it. Mm -mm. What other movie was good? Mm -mm. Okay, The Batman, I would say was good. But like, it was good, but it was good. (laughs)
0: Why? Okay, uh, let's let's put it into why best best picture four
1: what
0: <laughs> why was it good oh
1: no there's a whole lot okay there was good. there was it was a film ryan it wasn't a piece of video that they just tried to slap together so that they could make money so that you know they could get rich and go on holiday it wasn't that mm. it was not that it was, it an was an a it was an art piece from start to finish a piece of art it was beautiful it was mm. beautiful
0: and in the next 30 minutes Sasha will break it down <laughs> as to why she found this the best picture
1: yeah um, i must be honest so top films of 2022 would be i'd say between elvis and top gun maverick but they're so different i know you haven't seen top gun maverick yet
0: and you gotta put like the gray man in there somewhere the right. gray man
1: was also very very good
0: thank you very much
1: um also uh at the Adam Project, I did enjoy the Adam yes. Project, and I did enjoy the Batman, I, I, I have to say I did enjoy the Batman, that
0: oh, yeah. was obviously
1: earlier on in the year, the but for me currently the top two of the year would be Elvis and Top Gun Maverick, but I, if, like for me I can't, I know majority of people would like Top Gun Maverick because it's a feel good film. Whereas Elvis is a drama, it's actually not a feel good mm. film at all and mm. I mean it's on his life, and we all know that Elvis died at the age of forty two which mm. is very young, and it wasn't natural causes, so it is a tragedy in effect but oh my goodness the film the film was beautiful mm. it was it was stunning
0: I loved the method at which the story was told, mm. like uh he could have when i first saw what we were watching and i started obviously oh alvis okay cool i thought it was going to be like one of those like biogra- biography biography pics yeah you know i was from this small mm. and see him grow up and see him pick up his first guitar and see him sing for the first time and people were amazed and then they put put him in a kid show then maybe he went to the <laughs> army and then came back and then he found these talents again and then he found the right person and then then he performed for the first time and then go you know and then it's like yay alvis at the end yay, but it wasn't it was like it was it was way unexpected i felt like i was watching an animation to be honest with you like i was watching completely something different like the director was doing stuff that he didn't have to do Mm. but he did it just, like, he really gave us, like, Las Vegas, oh. like, feel, like, some of the camera yeah. moves. Yeah, the camera, those,
1: where that was, tw- especially in the beginning. That's what I'm saying. Ins-
0: you just like, but wait, wait, But even the wait, details, wow.
1: the small details, mm. like, there was one part in the film where Elvis goes to, so he did go to, he went, he left America and went to, I think it was Germany, to fight in the army, et cetera, et cetera, mm. and... I I don't know if you noticed so when he when they switched to Germany, they made the footage black and That's white right. and that the ti ta- you know that old mm. fashioned like fifties, sixties title came up which said Germany and it was in black and white and then they did like a slow transition mm. back into the colour. Like it was so mm. it was it they didn't need to do it. They didn't need to do it. Like it wouldn't have ruined the film if they didn't do it. But the fact that Baz went to that much mm. detail, I was just like, he, he literally, he's so mm. detailed. He he adds things that don't have to be there, but because they're there, it takes yeah. the film to a whole nother level.
0: I think uh, the reason why it really helped is because of the times. So it wasn't a very uh, modern made film mm. about something old. Uh, he made it like very, uh, like uh relative to what was happening around that like you yeah said, brought back the black and and i'm sure uh, like a lot of the footage was really alvis
1: there was there mm. was footage the, a lot of it was austin at the end they do the a switch
0: the music was any of them
1: so s- okay wait. so the music was most of it was alvis was austin dubbing it so obviously that means he's not singing it's actually alvis's voice however before i think it was before the 1968 special which is where he wears the the leather the leather jumpsuits yeah. um it might have been a bit before then but all of the early recordings so like that first performance that they show with Elvis in the pink tux all of that audio they couldn't use obviously just because of like the quality and the way it was recorded so all of the early songs is Austin Butler singing It's not elvis and then later as the film progresses then it moves into austin dubbing what would be elvis's actual voice but like the way they they i agree with you like they pay they paid homage to the Mm. time and they really did that well but i also like how and baz who's the director he often spoke about this he's trying to bring it to a this generation so the current generation like the way, because we're it's we're very different to that time in the world. But he tried to bring yeah. it across in a way that people nowadays would understand. You know, like even with the fashion, the fashion this the production designer was insane. She did such a such a good job. Oh my goodness! And the 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 looks, the outfits, they they went. They stuck to like Elvis's outfits. Like they really did a good job bringing across. He's like, cause he did. He was a he he really was like his fashion was. You know it's alvis it's alvis's fashion but what they did was they 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 would modify it slightly if need be just to almost make present audiences realize like how fashionable it was in those days and even like with priscilla presley she was a fashion i mean she's known she's actually known today for her fashion because like that's always been what's made her stand out so even like with her outfits they they really they did such a good job It was insane. So, Baz Luhrmann is the director. Now, we've actually recently done a film of his. He directed Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio, which is quite an old film, though. That was, I mean, what year was it? That was a long Uh, time ago. I'd say the most well-known film of his. There we go, 96. Mm. The most well-known film of his, other than Elvis, is The Great Gatsby. He directed The Great Gatsby. And then I haven't watched Australia, but I know it comes up a lot. Like when, like when you search about bears or whatever, that, that comes up a lot. This is actually his sixth film only yeah it's his that's insane, but I mean it makes sense because you can see how much detail he puts into like his work, so it makes sense that you know he wouldn't be making like ten million films a century type of thing, but this is his um sixth film, and the interesting thing is Matt Reeves, who directed the Batman he also and obviously brought out the Batman this year this the Batman was also his sixth film hmm. so the two of them. In the same year, both brought out their sixth film together, which was I thought was really cool. Okay. But I was watching an interview with Tom Hanks, and they were speaking about Baz um, Luhrmann. And Tom Hanks literally described, he said this of Baz, the director. Yeah. He said, Baz makes coffee nervous. That was his literal quote, because he says he works so hard. Like, he's one of the hardest working like directors. You, he's just, he's Fully into it, and he's also very spontaneous. So he'll really, like yeah. he 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 literally will give you notes and be like, okay, we're gonna do that tomorrow. And then tomorrow he comes and he'll be like, okay, did you get the notes? And you're like, yeah, I got the notes. He's like, okay, we're not doing that. We're doing this. Like literally, that's what happened. And Austin even said with his um, audition process, it was the weirdest audition process and longest. Uh, he doesn't even know if it could be called an audition process because what happened was. A whole lot of people obviously auditioned for Elvis. I mean, this is huge. The fact that, that they, someone was making the the biography of Elvis, you know. Like so many people wanted to play. Harry Styles was one of the people that actually auditioned for. So Awesome Butler beat these people. Harry Styles was one of the, the people who auditioned for yeah. the role of, of Elvis. Obviously, didn't get it. There were a whole lot of, I'm just trying to find the list now. Here we go. Ansel Algault, who was in Baby Driver and West Side Story, Steven Spielberg's West Side Story, he auditioned for it. Miles Teller, who he's in the latest Top Gun Maverick. He's the young kid in Top Gun Maverick. Oh, okay. And the funny part is Austin Butler also auditioned for his role in Top Gun Maverick. Oh, really? so, but then obviously didn't get it. Mm. And then Harry Styles auditioned, but obviously the role ended up going to Austin. But what happened was Austin had taped, um, he had, he had taped, it was, which song was it? He had originally taped himself singing Love Me Tender and then was going to send that in as his audition tape. But he didn't send it in because he he felt like it was just another Elvis impersonation. And I mean, there are so many Elvis impersonators. It's like the one... Famous person, no one has as many impersonators as Elvis. Yeah, like no one has as many impersonators. But he just felt like it was another impersonation, and so he didn't submit it. And a few days later, he actually had a nightmare. So what happened was, Elvis Austin Butler lost his mom at the age of twenty-three. So she passed away in two thousand and fifteen. He was twenty-three at the time, and obviously, it was like the. He says it's the most grief he's ever felt in his life alvis his mother died and you see that in the film but alvis was also 23 when his Ah. mom passed away and when austin found that out he was like oh my gosh because like he said alvis is like this this he's such a huge character like Mm. how do you play that and he said he realized that there was just an ordinary human In alvis actually that's all he was and when he found that out about him he was that really brought like the human aspect of alvis to austin and he was like i know what he went through because literally at the same age we both lost our mother so what he did what happened was he went to bed the one night and while sleeping he had a nightmare where he basically relived the whole thing of his mom passing away and all of that and all the grief came back and he woke up and so with that emotion, he decided then to to tape an audition where he sang Unchained Melody. So Elvis' song Unchained Melody, which is a romantic song. So usually it would be sung in a romantic way to, to a girl. But instead, Austin sang it to his deceased mother and recorded himself he was in his bathrobe he hadn't even brushed his hair he literally just woke up went to the piano put the camera on was in his bathrobe no like hey you've got to realize he's sending this to like the director of the Great Gatsby, okay, and he's in his bathrobe with like unbrushed hair, and he sings unchained melody, and then um, sends that off to Baz. And Baz, when he it immediately caught his attention, and he he wasn't sure. He was like, is this an audition or is this someone having a breakdown? Like he wasn't sure like what was going on, but he 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 felt like the 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 camera that had filmed austin was like a spy cam like it almost shouldn't have been there type of thing and he then asked to meet Butler, and then he literally he just kept calling austin back so like the first day they sat for like three hours then he said won't you come in tomorrow and it's like just run through a few lines
0: they sat for three hours just what going to the lines? Just or?
1: talking, and that's why it's honestly, right? Uh. There's no, there's been no audition process like this. Then he'd say, "Come in the next day. Let's sing. Let's do a couple of these songs." And something like six months later, six months later, now so. so It's the director chooses who they want to cast, but the studio has to sign it off. So if you as a director say, I want Ryan to play my protagonist, and the studio says, no, Why? Ryan's not going to be playing the protagonist. So, and Awesome Butler, obviously, I mean, he's blonde naturally even. So it's like, Mm. uh, and he's, he's, he, he's never actually he's been in films i mean he was in once upon a time in hollywood he's been acting forever but he's never actually gotten like a a standout role so for he didn't think the studios would accept him and then baz then said he put he got him He got Austin to put on a like rehearsal show type of thing for the studio. And that's when he like presented. But Austin literally said every time Baz would tell him we're doing this on this day. On the day he'd arrive and Baz would be like, no, we're not doing that anymore. We're doing this. And the reason apparently Austin said was because... Baz is very spontaneous on set. He's very spontaneous. And he wanted to see how Austin would cope with that. Because obviously, if you're going to, you know, cast an actor, they've got to be able to work. To you, cope. Yeah, cope with the, the yeah. style, your st- your way of doing things, type of mm. thing. So, and obviously, he coped very well. And then also, this is crazy. So, Austin Butler previously had been on... He was doing a a play, a, as in like a live stage play. And in the live stage play, we, the another his co-star was Denzel Washington. They were both doing this play together. The, it was called The Iceman Cometh. <laughs> that is literally the name of the play. And um, they'd obviously worked together. And Denzel Washington, who doesn't know Baz, Baz doesn't know De- Denzel Washington, phoned Baz and said to him you've got to choose austin to play alvis is the hardest working actor in hollywood and the reason he did that was because when they were doing the play together he a washington noticed that austin always he was always there early like like and like Earlier than he needed to be there He was always in early So what Denzel started doing was he then got in a bit earlier But then Austin noticed that now Denzel was getting in earlier So Austin got there (laughs) earlier And literally they kept doing that until one day Denzel got there And he was like, okay, I'm here first today He was sitting on stage And then he saw Austin come down from the dressing rooms And he was like, oh, you're here And Austin was like, yeah, I've been here for like an hour So literally that impressed Denzel Washington Mm. so much And he said to Baz, he is the hardest working actor you'll ever work with you've mm. got to you've got to um, choose him to play Elvis, and that's how austin got the role but literally it's and you can see i must be honest you can see austin worked so hard you can see he worked so hard to to bring across this portrait and he i think he really really did mm. a good job in fact priscilla presley apparently was nervous to watch the film and she said halfway through watching it, she actually, because of how Austin portrayed Elvis, she actually said she then relaxed because of uh, that portrayal. Okay. Yeah. But it also actually took a toll on Austin because he didn't get sick once during the whole of production. But after production, he, he actually, um, he was even taken to hospital. They said he had signs of appendicitis or a virus that goes with appendicitis and he, it took him a week to recover. But he never got sick once. But I also, for me, that sounds like I've experienced that. You know, when you're working really hard on uh, something yeah. and like you, you, you've got it. You, you're yeah. just like putting your all into it. And then as soon as it's done, suddenly your body just like concaves and Everything like just goes that. P- literally p- happened to me once as mm. well. I remember we were working on a film. We were doing all nighters. They were yeah. stressed. There was you didn't care about anything except finishing mm. the project. And then the week after, I was as sick as a dog. Because now you're just like, oh, it's dead now.
0: Your body holds itself together. Yeah, your body's like, what? All right, yeah. that's it.
1: Yeah. so All vital. All oh. <laughs> everything just... Shut down. Going
0: go on holiday. The virus comes in. Oh, no, it's fine. Yeah, that's, that's quite cool. And uh, I know that in an interview with Austin, um, he said it was quite an emotional... Well, because he... Obviously, I mean, if he can play piano, he can play instruments. So He, he can
1: play violin, piano, and guitar. That's crazy. Yeah.
0: So he himself was a musician. And I know that he, he ended up... Uh, Paul McCartney actually mm. grabbed him. He, he wanted to... S- sit with him on a train or whatever that he ended up arranging I for him he, to get on a yeah, train he knows
1: his daughter austin yeah, knows paul mccartney's it. daughter and she then said come so back was with him. us yeah
0: and he was still like no no you know schedule blah blah, blah blah yeah and apparently even like she like cleared up or paul mccartney phoned him and just like arranged everything just he just wanted to sit with him because paul mccartney obviously met alvis yeah and, and i know that for for austin Even he asked Paul. So, what was it like with Elvis? Mm. And to hear the story that he, the the experience that Paul McCartney had with Elvis for him. So, uh, this wasn't just another movie for Austin either. Mm -mm. It was quite a um, a, uh, uh, something that he loved, uh, Mm. that he was passionate about, coming to music and yeah.
1: I know it was insane. Do you know that? (laughs) This is insane. Apparently, Austin is somehow related to Elvis but it's like it's a very far like removed relation. I just need to find the 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 but it's like this weird he's so and so so and so so and so so and so like you know one of those weird where you like work it back and you're like, oh wow they actually they re- they're they're, they're and related
0: it, and it's not like uh his mom's grandmother's it's far removed. Was the worker in the house of Elvis or something like that? No, 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 no. So it's this, actually like family aunt related. This was a uncle, aunt,
1: uncle. Aunt,
0: yeah, uncle, bit un- like no. of Aunt,
1: uncle, bit of a little bit of a little of yeah. <laughs> this bit of a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of a Martin. Catherine Martin it's her fifth collaboration with Husband and director Baz Luhrmann. I didn't know that he mm. was married to the, the the costume designer. So they they've actually done four the four films they've done together is Romeo and Juliet, then Moulin Rouge, Australia, The Great Gatsby, and now obviously Elvis. And honestly, the Ooh, the costume was in the costume design was insane. The production design was yeah. insane. The I mean, honest. I think that's one of my favorite things about the film was the the scale as well that they went to. Like yeah. it was it was huge. And even, I saw an interview, while well, they were doing a, a whole discussion where, um, oh, yes, so what happened was, you know, the Las Vegas concert that he does, it's, it's, he's, that's the first time he wears the fully white jumpsuits. Oh, yes, that's yeah. right. So, what happened was, they, so they obviously... Tom Hanks was in makeup every day for five hours, because obviously, I mean, he didn't even look like himself. He literally... Mm. The the prosthetics were insane, but he would sit every day for five hours. Sometimes Austin would be the same, depending, because obviously, Mm. like, there was... Elvis went through such a transformation mm. obviously over the years but for specific, specifically for that Las Vegas um, concert they got a whole lot of extras in obviously because the crowds were always extras and the, the extras would come apparently they'd be on set at like 5 in the morning obviously go through hair and makeup because they needed to make them look like they the were extras, in the 60s extras right? Yeah, yeah They cool. needed to look like they were in the oh, 60s okay. then they get on set and mm. you know they, they sit around waiting for like 30 to 45 minutes because obviously um, Austin's getting his hair and makeup done the set the production the crew are all setting up etc etc so they would be all waiting in the audience seats and then austin and the band and that would be on stage but obviously the curtain was closed because they were prepping to start filming etc etc and then um tom hanks said so you, they're literally like waiting and then the curtains would open they'd hear the, the the band start playing and then austin would come out and obviously perform and they literally said they uh, they would they were watching Alvis perform over and, over and over and over and over and over again, but they said it never got old. And Baz works with the same people, so like he'll work with the same camera operators. That's just how he. I mean, I think most directors are like that because you find if people. It works. Yeah, you find people you can trust. Mm. And he said there's this one guy that he always works with, and he says they don't talk much. Like it's they, the the guy's not very talkative. They've worked for like so many years, and they've probably said like what thirty things to each other. But he said after or during filming this guy turned to him and literally was like i'd pay to be in this room right now that's how that's how good it was that the cameraman was like i'd pay i would pay to i'd pay money to be here so i think like it was just an amazing experience as well on set and i know a lot of the actors would say like when you're not filming your scene or you have a day off i mean you're tired you know like you go and have your day off The the actors if they weren't filming that day they'd still come to set just to watch the performances oh, cool. literally they all would they, they would austin even said the one day he wasn't it was when they were doing the you know the the scenes in that like the the bar in the top of that you know Elvis kept going back to that I can't remember what it was called but it was that like club type of thing where he still spoke with BB King and all of that That's they right. were filming as they were filming one of those in that sequences upstairs, in that up, like Yes. apartment
0: type of yes. room yeah and
1: Austin wasn't the, in that but he was filming on another set somewhere else but he mm. said he even came through just to watch the performance to watch that, that took place so yeah. the performances were Apparently mm. crazy, crazy. Yeah, I'd imagine so. Yeah. That's
0: because it's it's a lot of soulful music. Yeah. Which I didn't know that about Elvis before this, that he was like, you can see how he, he was mixing different genres.
1: Different genres, rock and roll. You always
0: just assume, I oh, know, old, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, old, old music. Yeah. Old music. Yeah, old music. And then in this film, you can actually see, uh, because it's true to that age, you can see that like, you know, the white folks would be like, you know, that ding, 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 ding that like cowboy yes. type of music. And then mm. like a lot of the black folks would be like, like that, like soulful, ooh, like that, where rock originally like came from type yeah. of thing. And Elvis obviously came along and been influenced by both. That's, that's, that, where he went. that's what made him very unique. That was yeah. like his uniqueness. So like, I do not know that about it. Yeah. It's almost like you, you watch this film and you got a new respect for Elvis. So you watch Elvis now, you're like, oh,
1: there he is. Oh, you know, wow. <laughs> you know, yeah. That's thing. Yeah. No, it's the the the, the performances were crazy. Mm. This is the family relation, right? <coughs> Austin Butler and Elvis Presley are actually 16th cousins twice removed. So Elvis's father Vernon and Austin's mother share common ancestry. I wonder who we're related to Ryan think okay. about it who are you related to Steven Spielberg. who is your 16th cousin twice removed you yep. need to figure that out Steven, I'm gonna go find my 16th cousin twice removed
0: Steven Spielberg is my <laughs> great great <laughs> uncles aunts. Boss. The, there we go. <laughs> but no copy. Ryan
1: family. Just family, family. ride. Right. Okay. Next fact. So <laughs> Austin Butler wore a total of ninety costumes throughout the film. Ninety costumes.
0: Like the performance costumes. Yeah. Not just the normal clothes that he'd be wearing. No, no, As
1: in like his costumes mm. totaled ninety that's a lot, Ryan. Yeah. Ninety costumes. Mm. And and ah, uh, I think my favorites I know I know Austin Butler got to keep the black leather. Jumpsuits he nice. actually he actually took that one home, ah, yeah, I like frame
0: it, yeah no hey? definitely
1: I liked wow. i I don't know personally, I like alvis's younger style i didn't I'm not a big fan of the jumpsuits, that's mm. just my personal taste coming that, through there that was
0: his thing, although I'm pretty sure in that in that era there
1: that was your yeah, fashionable there then. was
0: a thing that like like you see BB king like. You see a lot of that again yeah. the rock and that that sort of side yeah. of, of of the genre of music
1: my favorites would definitely be between the pink suits that he wore in the beginning i re- i like that one but then also
0: not, not jumpsuit the n- jumpsuit it was it was the more that, suit, that like yeah, yeah. suit, suit.
1: The, with the the flimsy yeah, 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 yeah. and then the other one I was a blue
0: top hey? like a blue yes like pink and like a blue
1: the other one was the Spanish brown people. suit he wears when the first time the colonel takes him to the Las Vegas, the internationals um, perform at the stage. You know, the first time. Yes. That brown suit. Okay. I was like, that he looked cool there. I the thought he snowman looked cool. does there. it again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you think he really spoke like that? Yes. Like it's 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 weird. I eh? actually
1: saw an interview on. It was the Tonight Show well, with now, Jimmy ma- Fallon. Yeah. Ma- ma- and literally, Austin literally shows how. So Alvis's voice actually changed over like the difference, like his life, I suppose. In the beginning, so he literally did three different impersonations. The first one he shows where uh, Elvis is very young and like, so he's nervous. So he's, he's, he spoke quite fast. Obviously, Austin like literally obsessed over Elvis Mm. for like two years. So he watched all of his interviews and all of that. And he said in the beginning he was very nervous. So he'd speak quite fast. Then um, his voice changed a bit. But the last impersonation he did, he actually said his voice came very forward. So your voice, depending on where your voice originates in your face Mm. from, will determine how you sound. And uh, it's weird, I know. But it's true. And literally... Vocalists know exactly what we are talking about. So Austin said at the end of his life his voice was coming it was very it was from the front of his face and you, he actually then did it so you, you'd hear him switch into it yeah,
0: that'd be interesting to watch but it literally like sounds
1: like the yeah so mm. what that is that was, a
0: YouTube interview
1: it was with uh, Jimmy Fallon on the Tonight Show well there you go yeah so that was that was pretty interesting so Austin had 90 costumes then um, the, the actor Olivia she who played uh, Priscilla Presley she had a total of 25 costumes but also her costumes were like like vogue type prada like i actually think they worked with prada on her costumes because mm. priscilla presley would have worn yeah and then the filming was all shot in queensland australia which i think baz lives what? in queen yeah it was all, all australia it was what? all australia the whole thing was australia they filmed the whole thing in australia
0: Thank you
1: very much. Mariana, <laughs> wow, they had a twelve-minute okay, standing ovation at the Cannes Film Khan uh, Film Festival after screening was over. That was the first time Austin also watched the film. The mm. other the other cast members had mm. seen it, but he said he wanted to save it for for that. And literally, they had mm. a twelve-minute standing ovation. I remember
0: in his interview, he was talking about that that the the first time and people stood up and they were all you know clapping and stuff. And he said, yeah, it's really, really cool. But it's there, there, there was one guy that brought his attention. He's just standing there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> not clapping. And he's like,
0: he remembers that guy. <laughs> that guy not, not
1: clapping. Yeah, see so sure. that
0: guy, yes, Austin.
1: Yeah. And then Austin also phoned Rami Malek, who played Freddie Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. So obviously he also did, I mean, he did, The he was... Freddie Mercury, you know, and he actually phoned him and asked for advice on replicating the movements of music, um, music's past. Because also I haven't watched Bohemian Rhapsody, but I've heard the final performance that that they show in the film is so well linked to like the camera work and everything. Like literally, if you watched Freddie Mercury's final performance and that like together, it's, it's perfectly like match. And mm. I know Baz said one of the things he was focused on wasn't really, um, Austin's performance when singing, it was more recreating like the, the 68 special and that it was, he was so focused on getting the right shots and cause obviously they wanted to recreate it exactly how it was. So, but that also shows how Austin was so good because, like, when when Baz as the director's attention wasn't able to be focused on his performance, it was more focused on the technicality of getting the the shots and all of that. Mm. Austin was able to carry the performance by himself and bring it across, yeah. which I think Baz really needed. So, yeah. yeah. Also, Austin Butler. So he obviously while doing press. It's a lot of people commented on the southern accents that he used to put. He used to portray Elvis. He still has it. And Butler act, actually said that because he spent so much time preparing and filming the movie, it's not. It's it's not that he's trying to sound like Elvis anymore. It's obviously just first of all habits. I mean, imagine speaking a certain way for two years like that would. That would actually affect the way that you speak. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm. Like, you you would have certain habits and because in- of that.
0: Yeah, and from the interview, um, it wasn't that he uh, picked up a, 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 that southern accent. It's that he changed the tone. tone of his voice. The tone too. of his voice. So, but he, he spoke also a, bit, a bit lower, which I, I think I think eventually just became so comfortable. Natural, yeah. That he was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Actually, I like this. Yeah.
1: Because yeah. like, I saw one interview where someone asked him, and he's like, I "Honestly, I'm speaking normal. Like, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying mm. to not speak. I'm not trying to be Elvis right now. Mm. But obviously, it makes sense mm. if you if you're doing that for two years to try and you know get yeah, into will, the character. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It would. It really would mm. happen. Yeah. Apparently, I want this to be released. Please release this. According to the director Baz, there is a four-hour cut of the film that exists. I would watch it. <laughs> I I know there was another film. We, it was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, yeah. where there was also like an, I think it was a four-hour cut as well.
0: Yeah, I think you're right.
1: I would. I, it remains to be seen whether or not this cut will be released. Come on,
0: guys, put on Netflix. Put on something. I really man.
1: would watch it. Yeah. Like, maybe not in one go, but I would so watch the four-hour cut of this film. So I feel like they should, you know, like release the the four-hour. our cut no yeah so yes austin does all of his own singing and dancing except from the 68 special on the 68 special was the leather blacks the black jumpsuits so from that point on it's actual alvis presley his voice Ah. whereas before that then it was austin austin Mm. singing um and then also so they obviously filmed it in Australia. Now Tom Hanks stays in Australia. What? Uh, yeah, Tom Hanks really? lives in Australia. And Baz obviously comes from Australia. But apparently, um Tom Hanks apparently Tom Hanks is known as the nicest guy in Hollywood. Like everyone says he is the nicest guy in Hollywood. Yeah. And wow. I know that I think Tom Hanks really enjoys he's a people person. So like yeah. for him when he's on set, I saw an, it was at the Hollywood Insider, they were doing a, a round table discussion and he was like the reason we make films is so that we can hang together. Like, that is one of the main reasons. So he really loves people. Mm. And Baz was saying, like, normally what happens with actors is they'll do the scene, and when they're not filming, the actors will all go to their trailer and, you know, stay there until they're called for, like, the next... Because obviously, like the set has to change and you know, they have to do certain things. But he said apparently, Tom Hanks never w- went to his trailer, like, never went to his trailer. In fact, he once saw Tom Hanks sitting at a table with a bunch of extras playing cards. Like, that is the type of guy Tom oh, Hanks that's is. Nice, hey. And then also, he said, Tom Hanks and Austin had a really good relationship and they would often be sitting chatting while like the 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 production design general
0: general stuff you know yeah getting to know more about each other and what you know talk about something that happened Tom Hanks
1: would give like Austin acting advice and stuff, not as in like to improve his performance just like stuff from his own Austin yeah like from his uh, own personal career type of mm, thing and mm. yeah so they would often sit and actually chat and tom uncle, hanks gifted uncle, uncle hank right huh? uncle tom yeah. yeah he gifted so tom hanks gifted this is insane he gifted austin butler butler with a chrome typewriter a typewriter do you know how expensive typewriters are he gifted him when, when austin arrived in australia he received a chrome typewriter and attached to the typewriter was a note tom hanks had written the notes as the colonel tom parker and so in response, Butler used the typewriter to write a note back to Tom Hanks as Elvis. And apparently throughout production, the two of them ended up setting, sending letters back and forth where um, they would write as the colonel and as Elvis. And apparently Butler stated that um, it was a, an this amazing way for the two of sure. them to rehearse. But also it was based on actual letters that the colonel and Elvis actually wrote to one another because they would write to one another. So that's how Tom Hanks and, and Austin Butler also like kind of rehearsed the relationship between the two of them. But how nice is Tom Hanks? That's cool. I want to work with Tom Hanks. Just yeah. so he can give me with a
0: typewriter. I know from, from interviews that I've seen of him. I've, I've picked that up as no, well. No, he's very
1: nice. That is Austin. Nice even start. said he's like he hates answering questions after Tom Hanks because Tom Hanks is like a stand-up comedian. Mm. Like everyone loves Tom Hanks and then he's like now I have to follow Like follow that type of thing. Keep it going. Yeah, this I didn't know this. This is insane. So obviously Austin Butler is naturally blonde. If you know Austin Butler, he's blonde, Mm. and he would have had to. He dyed his hair black. In fact, his hair was dark already for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It was brown in Once yeah, Upon a right. Time in Hollywood. And if you see the premiere photos of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, his, his hair is actually black by then already. I don't know. I think he might have been going into production with Elvis already. Maybe that's why they dyed it black. But then also they obviously added wigs because like he had Side that, burns. You know, the sideburns mm. and all of that. But do you know that Elvis Presley although he's known to have dark brown or jet black hair, was also a natural blonde. I did not know that. Get out of here. And I suppose, the, if you think about it in the film, The Kid, that plays Elvis did have blonder hair. But Elvis Presley was naturally blonde. Okay, I was like, guys, what?
0: You heard it first time here on the movie show. <laughs> Elvis was actually blonde. blonde. So there's something that you guys can uh, impress people around you with you know, yeah, know have you seen that latest Elvis movie
1: oh yeah yeah I've watched that
0: did you know that Elvis was actually black? oh do you know that Elvis was actually black? no way <laughs> yeah are you serious I,
1: I heard it from the movie show <gasps>
0: the movie show The
1: movie. Show, listen to the movie no show. way
0: <laughs> wow yeah
1: okay there's so many facts and we're like running out of time but I'll just quicken it so you know there's Elvis in the in the title Elvis you kept seeing the letters TCB I don't know if you picked that up like, they kept no, showing the, the T. Basically, what TCB stands for is Taking Care of Business. And that was the name of the band that Elvis actually played with. So, the, the guys that he played with, they uh-huh. actually named the band Taking Care of mm. Business, which he played with t- until his death. So, the last performance that he did was was with them. Mm. Yeah. And then, the film has been nominated for three Hollywood, Hollywood Critics Association Mid-Season Film Awards, including Best Picture, Best Director for Baz, and Best Actor for Butler. And on July the 1st, 2022, the film won Best Actor, Actor for Butler. These awards are among the film's first um, accolades. And for me, I feel like this this film's going to get, like, a lot of awards. Yeah, like, definitely. Yeah.
0: Because like, it's... Uh, it's so different yeah it's
1: it's it actually and dethroned so well top gun maverick from being number 1 at the box office well, now, it, there Elvis you go. Elvis was what took mm. yeah so mm. the film is estimated to have more than 9000 costumes these include the main cast and numerous extras which hmm. is insane also Austin, but Batt- I'm so excited for this. Austin Butler's performance earned immense critical acclaim, which earned him the role of Fade Ratha. I think that's how you pronounce the character's name in Dune Part Two, uh, 2023. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, Austin cool. Butler's in in Dune Part Two. I'm like, oh. yay! <laughs> yeah. And then also, B N K Enterprises Costume Company made 36 jumpsuits for the film. 36 jumpsuits. There are nine visual effects companies that provided the visual effects. They are Luma Pictures, Method Studios, Moving Picture Company, Rising Sun Pictures, Fin Design and Effects, Future, Associates, Cumulus VFX, I think. That's how you pronounce it. Slate VFX and Mist VFX Studio. I don't recognize a lot of those names. Do you?
0: Most probably, yeah. Uh, some of them. Some of them. The the top ones that you read, but yeah, the pro- top ones. You'll probably find the last the last couple do a lot of like previs or some yeah. other preparation sort of stuff, helping out with all the background sort of thing. I could be wrong, but uh, that's usually what happens here. Yes.
1: Yeah. And then last fact. So, um, okay, just before I mention, not all of the the film was. Historically accurate, yeah. So they didn't, but I think what they did with the story mm. was very clever. Like how they brought it across was was very clever. But I found this quite interesting. So after um, after filming wrapped, Austin was actually. He, he kind of went through, they said, an existential crisis because he had been spending. He had spent two and a half years working on this film. I mean, and he, he put in his awe. Like, to do that for two and a half years and then for it suddenly all to just be, like, over is, like, quite hectic. So Butler feared that he might sink into depression. He confided in director Baz Luhrmann and Tom Hanks about his woes, and Luhrmann suggested to him that he jump right into something else, which I think is quite clever because... Like you would go through, like, you would go through a bit of a depression. So, this is what he jumped into. He went on to shoot Masters of the Air, which will be released on Apple TV Plus. It's a series. I'm actually quite interested to Hmm. watch it because Barry uh, Kogan, who was the Joker in the Batman, he's he's in it as well. Okay. Yeah. And also, Masters of the Air is co produced by Tom Hanks. How cool is that?
0: So they make connections, I see. Right. So obviously Tom Hanks reached out and said, hey, uh, remember what you spoke to me about? Yeah, uh, no, it's cool. Okay, i got I, something I've for got, you. Uh, i got the next thing you can ju- i yeah. got the next hoop for you to jump in.
1: Yeah. The only thing that I read that I was like, ah, they should have put that in the film and they didn't, was this. Elvis does not eat a single fried peanut butter and banana sandwich throughout the whole film, even though it was widely known as his favorite food.
0: Peanut butter and banana.
1: Mm-hmm. Fried peanut butter. And Ooh. banana sandwich.
0: anybody tried that? No. Give us a like if you've tried that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, I thoroughly enjoyed this mm. film. It was it was mm. it was so nice to watch a good it was, film. It was so.
0: That's what I was saying. Uh If it was one of those films, those like ordinary like biography pics, you know, where you, okay, here's little Elvis and he grows up and you know you see him process how he got to being so big and where he took the wrong turn. It would have been like ah yeah oh, okay I know about Elvis now great. I'd probably find some really cool fact to make it really cool. You know, <laughs> great movie. I liked, um, I liked, uh, session what did you like? <laughs> you know, type of thing. But, <laughs> yes. like, uh, as, as you've said about other films before, this is a film that you can't, uh, it's, don't hear someone else say oh, it was a great film. Yeah, watch I'd, it. yeah. Go watch it. It's it's like a ride. I can't ex- tell you Yes, it's an experience. It's definitely experience the the mm. music, the mixing, the the, mm. the arts, the way like I said that the film even right from the beginning I loved like how Elvis, like how they start how they brought because you know obviously when when Elvis first appears in a film like mm. some like someone that big because this film, the other thing is that this film was not told from Alvis's perspective.
1: It was told from the Colonel's exactly, perspective, which yeah. I
0: found so interesting. That, yeah. was, that was so cool. Mm. Um, like in the beginning, uh, y- you see a lot of Alvis's back, yes, and the way his or, head was hung, yeah. and like the hairstyle, and I'm yeah. like, that, that's Elvis. That's that that. that they that, don't that. show it to you. So the way that they slowly bring yeah. him in, and it, it was brilliant. It, it was it was very much like a fantasy in the beginning, eh? Yeah. Hey? yeah. The way a
1: lot of people actually said it felt like a superhero. You film. see. They actually said that. They say it. it, it. Yeah. I watched it in cinemas. Mm. The cinema was full. It was packed. Like the cinema was packed.
0: Well, thank you very much.
1: Yeah, and then I watched it again, obviously in preparation for the show. And I, I honestly thoroughly enjoyed mm. both times. Like it was both times. Were I'd watch it again, and I'd watch the four-hour release. I really hope they release the four-hour we version of the the film. four hours.
0: We will do Please. it on our movie show.
1: And, th- and about, oh, this one in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. They need to release the four-hour cuts for film yeah. lovers like us. Yeah. They just need Does to Does anybody do know anybody? Please. Please. Tell them. Pretty please.
0: We will speak about the four-hour version. <laughs> for and four pe- hour? No, I'm joking. And by the <laughs> way, pe- people watch our show and they listen to our show. So, like, if we start talking, people are going to start listening. Start a hashtag. And they're going to start watching. Release
1: four the four-hour cut.
0: Yeah, people are going like, to watch it. we want it. the
1: Schneider cut. No. We want the four-hour cut. <laughs>
0: you see come on
1: yeah give it to us man yeah mm. but go watch it Elvis very good yes thoroughly enjoyed it thank
0: you very much awesome
1: butler mm.
0: It's
1: definitely at my top favorite <laughs> actor list and I think definitely. that I'm,
0: I'm, uh, when I see Baz as a director for a film I'm definitely going to be
1: I want to actually go watch obviously we watched Romeo and Juliet yeah. I've seen I actually haven't watched The Great Gatsby properly I've seen bits and pieces but I remember right. when The Great Gatsby came out people raved Australia's seen with Australia with Nicole Kidman. Mm-hmm. I know she, I haven't, no. And Moulin mm. Rouge, I started watching and I was just like, this is weird. But I, remember. I feel like I need to go and watch it now with, yeah. with with bears in mind.
0: I remember Strictly Ballroom. You know, there's this thing that he loves doing. Uh, I'm talking about our bears, director, yeah. Bears. And i've seen it in strictly ballroom i've seen it in, uh, in romeo and juliet and i've seen it now in alvis there's almost this like speed ramp that he yes. does you know what i'm yes. talking about yes. like it
1: almost looks like a uh, drone but it's not
0: yeah yeah while he's telling the story it's yeah. like the sped up type of thing just to really emphasize yeah. yeah yeah like
1: do you know he he he's a ballroom dancer he was on Strictly Come Dancing. Really? Yeah. He even... He, he looks he, like a dancer, actually. He even fashioned one that. of his um, costumes after the white Elvis jumpsuit. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the fact that he did... What's that movie called? Strictly Come... What's yeah. it? Yeah. He, the fact that he did a, a whole uh, film on ballroom strictly, makes sense because he, he is a ballroom dancer. Yeah, strictly, yeah.
0: strictly ballroom. And something I didn't
1: yes Dak Ray Montgomery and who I plays no,
0: Billy and I had no idea that he's Australian
1: yeah he's also Australian that's actually crazy. he even filmed for season 4 Stranger Things he filmed yeah. the, he's got like a, a small bits in it he filmed that small bit in a studio in Australia because of COVID and that's great also the guy that was in Hacksaw Ridge that you know the, the guy this guy here what's his name this dude. Yeah, Luke Bracey. Luke, the one next to him. Yeah. He was in Hacksaw Ridge. He was the, the soldier that um didn't like Andrew Garfield. Right. And in the end, the two of them become friends and he still dies. And mm. Andrew Garfield still carries his dead body down. Because obviously the two of them became friends. And yeah. Okay. The cast was very good. Cast was very,
0: very good. Good cast.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So this has been the movie show.
0: On Active FM.
1: Best movie of twenty twenty two so far. Mm. In my opinion. Yeah. My humble opinion.
0: Are we gonna do the film that we spoke about? Yes. So can we
1: Yes. We are doing a Ron Howard film! Yeah,
0: Ron Woo! Howard. Go Ron Howard! Yeah, it's been it's been some time. Been now. A minute. Yeah, but we've yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a minute. But we have done
1: how many have we done more than one? Didn't we Polo do Apollo thirteen? Yes, we did Apollo. And we did Frost Nixon. Oh
0: yes. So we are doing a, and film. we did
1: Han Solo, 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 Solo. <gasps> you was see? Ron Howard. we've yeah. done
0: three of his films, yeah. and he did a film now about another live, an actual event yeah. that happened 13 called Lives. Thirteen Lives. If you have Prime Video, as in uh, Amazon, it's on there, and there's some documentary uh, footage on there as well. So mm-hmm. go check it out for next week, for And good, show.
1: good cast as well. Colin Farrell, Aha. Joel Edgerton, there were other guys in there. I was like, wow.
0: It's going to be hot. Yeah. Besides, I think it's an interesting story. Yeah. Because it's a true story. Go check it out now. So we're going to leave you to go check it out now. Right? Yes. Okay. So signing out. Peace. Cheers. Thank you very much. Ah. Reactive. Being reactive is being a people of reaction people of change, being a movement of young people. It's not just a band, it's not just good music or inspiring words. It's not just catchy, it's life changing.
1: Check us out on Spotify, iTunes, Deezer, Instagram, Facebook and YouTube.